0: Hey, welcome to the Remnant. If it's your first time or your first time in a while, we're discussing uh, Jesus and his parables. Why is that important? What is a parable? Well, the word means cast alongside. So it's a story that Jesus used alongside a truth, a heavenly, a kingdom truth to help us understand it, um, to help us get it in a deeper way. And uh, it's important because it tells us in the Gospels that he never taught without using a parable. Isn't that interesting? And so it's important that we understand those. And if we look for the meaning, I don't, listen, I already know how you guys are because I do it too. You get to some of those parables. Zach, you ready? I'm going to be on you all day, brother. Anyway, some of those parables, right? And we skip them. Don't even say you don't. You skip the 10 virgins. You have no idea what you just move on, right? You skip it. I get, you're not going to, who skips the 10 virgins parable? Do you even know what's in there? Raise your hand if you even know what's in there. Raise your hand if you're awake. Raise your hand if you're asleep. That's what I thought. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, so we're going to, every one of those parables is in there for a reason. There are none that aren't important. And though we can't cover every single one, um, we're going to cover quite a few of them. Even, like today, some that you think you understand. That sometimes we take for granted the other way. It's so simple that we kind of move on. So, go ahead, guys. These two? No? Nothing? Oh, okay, they fade. Ooh. Ooh, it's mysterious. This is a pretty cool flashlight if I remember how it works. Nope, I don't. But anyway, you don't realize how important. You awake? Yeah. You don't realize how important light is until it's dark. Right? And even in here, I couldn't get it fully dark because the sun's out. That's great. But if it were night right now, if it were night and the power kicked off and you're all in here, some of you would immediately be scared. Everybody would be a little on edge. some would be blinded but this one flashlight so a few weeks ago we had the lights the power go off from the derecho that's what it was called did you know that you guys didn't know that's what that big storm was it's a derecho I can't tell you science but it's like a tornado that's spread out that's why I didn't destroy everything so kicked our power and stuff off so actually ironically this is the only light that I had in my house this right here and believe it or not In that dark room at night, this thing lit the whole place. This is just a flashlight. It doesn't even shine all the way around, but it lit the entire place, right? And light's one of those things we kind of take for granted. You can turn it back on, guys. I just blinded everyone again for fun. Light's one of those things that we sort of take for granted until a moment that we need it. So we'll come to that in a second. Why do we have light for the dark? Why do we have it? So you can see. Yeah, but... (laughs) That's true. Why is that important? Yeah, that's good. See, it makes it not only does it help us stay safe, I'm glad you jumped ahead, but it just makes us feel safe, right? We can't see as well without light or at all, depending on how dark it is or if I've blinded you. We don't know where to go. Have you ever been lost on a dark country road? No, I have, or anywhere I've been lost. But without light, you know, I've had to pull over before. It's so dark, right? It's so hard to see. Maybe it's, it's a storm. There's no light near the country road. You can't see and we pull over, right? Why? Because we know it's dangerous to drive without being able to see. We could get hurt without light. She mentioned that earlier. If this place was completely dark, I always think about people who, when we first moved in here, And it's fine. It makes sense. A lot of people did this, not just one person. It's like, okay, well, what do we do in a fire, right? We all discussed that. What happens if the fire's that way? How do we get out of here? And then I always think of this. If something, Lord forbid, happened and fire came that way, and I would love to think that everyone's going to calmly walk out of here, that's very unlikely. Some of you are going to be kicking each other over, right, to get out. And if it's dark, what can happen in those moments is people get trampled, people get pushed over, right, because you can't see. People get scared in the dark. Did you know that? Some of you are still scared in the dark, right? And I, I, I know grown, big, muscular men that when a light kicks off and somebody's like, go to the basement, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to go to the basement. do no need, right? The reality is, she said it, it, it we, we're safe in the light, but it also makes us feel safe. We naturally go towards light. Light's one of those things, and I said this earlier, that we take for granted until it gets dark. Say that again. I can tell you're asleep. Light is something you take for granted until it gets dark. Until the power goes out, until we're lost, until we're in unfamiliar territory. It gets scarier, right? Light's important because it shows us the dangers that we can't see, the things around us. Sometimes we're unaware of. Sometimes it even shows us dangers on us. You ever been in the dark? This is horrifying, right? This might be one of your, your, uh, your fears that, you know, they say spiders are everywhere, right? You ever think about the fact in the dark, somebody's already going, oh, I saw you, right? The spider's crawling all over you. That's, that's terrifying. And when a, I've had this happen, the light flick's on, I'm outside, you know, camping or something. I come inside and there's like a giant, some sort of prehistoric bug on me. You know, that could be poison. I don't know what that thing is. Light's important because it makes us feel safe. Light's important because it shows us where to go. It leads us to safety in dangerous situations. It lights the way. So we've, we've had light throughout human history. Right? We still do. We have different sources of light. We have fires. Fire, burn, steak. I don't know why. That's what it feels like. Right? Torches, lanterns, lighthouses, lamps, sleepy people. That's you, Sean. I'm just seeing if you're awake. Anyway, right? All with different ways, lighthouses and lamps, all different ways to bring light in different situations. And throughout the Bible, as we talk about this, God is constantly associating himself and his truth with light. It lights our way, light of the world, all those things. He's even called the father of lights in the book of James. Isn't that interesting? And when we hear that, if we say the father of darkness, that has a completely different connotation, doesn't it, than the father of lights. Why? Darkness equals fear and shame and and danger. And light is what? Truth and beauty and safety. Jesus uses light in a very specific way in one of his parables. And though he does refer to himself as the light of the world, do you know that? He is the light of the world. He also refers to his followers, his disciples, if you're in this room, and are one of those. He refers to us as light. They and we are called light. What's the purpose? Ready for this? You're going to like this. Two light houses. Two light dark houses. Now, today's one of those days, and if you're new here, I apologize. This is just who I am. I'm not a great pastor. I'm going to throw a podium because you're sleepy, and I'm not playing around with you today. So I will literally, does anyone remember back in the day when we had like 20 people, I made everyone stand up and do the uh, Simon Says game? I'm a weirdo. If you don't think, I will peer pressure you, make you stand up and hop around. I promise you I will, Arnold. I promise you. So we're going to wake up, all right? or I'm going to throw podiums and make you play Simon says. Which do you prefer? Do you want to pay attention and be here or you want to stand up and do this together like a, on camera? Which do you want to do? So I'm going to ask again. Hey, who's here today? <laughs> all right, don't make me. I promise you, that's the last warning. And you know what? You're going to do it because peer pressure is a powerful thing. It is. Cuz as soon as some of these have in front do it, all the rest of you and then the rebels you're going to walk out cuz I'm going to single you out. See, it's just it's bullying, one on one. Anyway, <laughs> Yeah, to light houses. This is important today. I'm gonna talk, we're going to talk about a very simple parable that you think you know, and it's actually both comforting and it's a warning. Because I'm going to give you a little clue. You're either light or you're not. There's no dim light. There's no gray light. You are light or you're not. And some of you have gotten very comfortable because you spend time with the lamps that you think you're a lamp and you're not. You can be a bulbless lamp in a room filled with bright lights. Just because there's light in the room doesn't mean you're light. Well, what if you spent what if you've been in the lantern store for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, doesn't matter. Because if all those lamps went out of the room, you're still in the dark. So set up the context and I bet you already know where we're going. Good. We're going to talk about where Jesus gives this short parable. And we've talked about it during the kingdom series, so we're going to come back to it. A short parable on light and the comparison of us to light and other things. But before that, it's really important. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be. And we talked about this during the kingdom series. Jesus gives the famous Sermon on the Mount, and we get the Beatitudes, right? This famous thing, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. All these things, he describes what a disciple is. Right? He des- Does that make sense? I'm going to throw a podium. I'll do it. He's gonna- he describes what a disciple is. And then he gives us this before this parable. This is very, very important. You have to understand this because this is what makes this parable so serious. Is right before we're going to be uh, in Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. Don't put it up, guys and gals. But verse 11 and 12 says in the same chapter, after all the Beatitudes, he says, You are blessed when they insult and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is something that gets lost. Beatitudes, okay, it's encouraging. Blessed are the peacemakers, the poor in spirit. Cool, and then we're going to move on to the parables, and you kind of skip this section that very clearly says this. If you're with Jesus, it's not a matter of if or maybe. You will eventually face two things, insult and persecution. Period. Some of you in this room are like, well, Todd, I've never experienced that. Then today's parable will make a lot of sense to you. Because how bright your light is directly parallels how much persecution and insult you get. Because, and if you're getting none or very little, then maybe you're not a lamp. Persecution and insult can go from you just look weird and feel uncomfortable, right? Because you don't fit in all the way up to mockery, all the way up to persecution, all the way up to martyrdom. What's that mean? Some places they kill people for following Jesus. They have throughout history. Well, not here in America, Todd. Not right now. It's going to be interesting to see how many lights there are when the darkness comes for them. When it's easier to to get along, right? Right? So anyway, after all of this, Jesus touched on this idea beforehand that there will come insult and persecution for being one of his disciples. And it's so important because in your Bibles, it separates this, guarantee it. So we kind of just skip over it and go, okay, end of one speech, beginning of new. No, it's all the same. And he says this right after this, starting in verse 13 of the Gospel of Matthew. I'm reading from the HCSB, whatever you want to read, that's fine. You are the salt of the earth. There it is again. I love it. All the long-term Christians are going, I know what this means. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled on by men. And here we go. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So here's something interesting. What's light? Well, we know Jesus is the light of the world. But we also know here there's a connection between the way you live your life, your good actions, and being this light. I'm, I'm, I contend that there's sort of two parts to being the light. analogies let's look at the analogies using this section to describe Jesus real quickly number 1 salt anybody love salt yeah, i know you do stutzman you love salt anybody hate salt i'm that guy i don't know why me and you all right three people <laughs> uh, that's that makes my point right you like salt why salt's a flavor enhancer apparently <laughs> when it salts in so that's all i taste but when, which is makes point salt's a flavor enhancer Did you know that hey it needs a little salt when something is bland we put salt on it So, instead of doing this thing where you already think, you know, think about this. He's saying, you're the salt of the earth. Without you, what's the earth? Flavorless, bland, dead, gross, cold. We don't know. You are the light. Salt should lose its taste. How can it be made salty again? If salt doesn't taste like salt, it isn't salty, it's not salt. Very simple. Everybody's going, yeah, but you... That's the thing, man. You got to be careful because you think you know, and then when you start applying that to your life, it becomes a whole different thing. How many times are you not salty? How many times would you rather, and this is important flavor enhancer tastes different, right? Something is different with salt than without. Does sugar taste different than salt? Yeah, okay. If salt, why would salt want to lose its saltiness? This is funny. This is one of those times. See, Bethany you yell out 50% of the time until I ask. I just Right? I'm just teasing you, Bethany. Don't get upset. It's one of those days where I'm saying everyone's name so the new people are scared and never come back. I'm just kidding. Please, I won't say your name. Saltiness loses its salt. Salt loses salty flavor because it wants to blend in. It doesn't want to enhance anything. It wants to blend in. And what does Jesus say? What a powerful statement. Well, that's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out. Oh, that's nice. And trampled on by men. Okay, second, he says light of the world. This is really interesting because Jesus refers to himself in John 8, 12 as light of the world in a debate with the religious leaders. Jesus, it says here, Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. There we go. Before we get back to this, what, there's two things here. Great, everyone focuses on the positive. I, he is the light of the world. We will have the light of life. No, no, no. Only if you... Follow him. Well, what's beautiful here is then he says, you are the light of the world. You ready? This is so good. You're going to love this, Luke. Later on, what does Jesus said? I am in them and they are in me. Right? We, right, we are one. It is no longer I who live, but Jesus lives in me. That light is in us, if you're a disciple. That's such a powerful thing. Well, that's Jesus, a of the world, but you you are Jesus to this world, right? You you are what points to him. What else? It says a city situated on a hill. The big one is a city on a hill. Now you're like, well, what does that mean, Todd? If there's a city on a giant hill, okay, out here to Duval, and someone builds a giant house, actually, a great example, what is that place called, the Legion here in town? You ever drive by that place? You can't help but see it. It'd be even more... Obvious if they got rid of all the trees, right? Can you imagine that? It's just a giant castle on a hill as you drive by. You see it. You see it. You can't hide that even though they're trying, right? I'm just kidding, right? You can't hide it because it's on the hill. It's on the highest place. What happens? Everyone's eyes naturally go to the highest place. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You can't hide it. Here's another example. Oh, we'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. I just get so excited, even though you guys aren't. Isn't that funny? Why can't we all meet at the same time? You're excited and I'm excited. Either I'm mopey and you're happy, or I'm happy and you're mopey. Let's just be happy together, all right? What does it say? A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Not optional. (whistles) Are you hidden? Are you hidden? And then, of course, we get this lamp. Now, I showed a... flashlight is frankly I didn't want to go through the hassle of bringing up a lamp it would have been awesome but I mean our stage you would have seen it, it would distract it so I use a flashlight even a flashlight now what's the difference between a flashlight and a lamp I'm going to save you the time a flashlight's directed light where you want it to go a lamp lights every direction always right we use, we we use we don't have a bunch of flashlights on in our house in the evening when we're relaxing with the family typically unless there's no power right because it only shoots a beam up and it's very dire- lamp's very directionless Unless you point it out, lamps, light goes everywhere, fills a room. One lamp can fill a dark room, right? Light goes everywhere. Even if there's shadows, it goes everywhere. And then this is what he says. He goes, you are a lamp. Okay. Do we put lamps on the ground? Unless you were me in college and you didn't have a, a you know, poor and didn't have a, a little table, you know, and it fell off your pillow. Yeah, it would be on the ground. But... No, we put it high. You put it on a lampstand, right? Look at these lights. We put them high. If this were down here, well, first off, I'd look like a ghoul. And secondly, you're not going to see very well. Don't make any jokes. I already know I look like a ghoul. But you know what I mean. It would be worse. If you don't know what a ghoul is, you've got to read a book. Put a lampstand. You put it on a lampstand to give light to all those who are in the house. You put it up high so it lights for everyone, right? Podium's getting moved. Uh-oh. I will throw it. This is so good. And the fact you're asleep makes me so discouraged. Does anyone care? No, they laugh. All right, put a lamp stand to give light to all those who are in the house. And then what does he say? We don't put it, on, we don't put it under a basket. That sounds ridiculous. All right. Hey, here's a lamp, guys. Turn the light on. Okay, click, and I take a basket and cover it. I, I want to do that sometime and not say anything, just to see what people, like, what are you doing? All right? Turn the light on. Sure. Basket. Why don't we do that? Because that would be ridiculous. It defeats the purpose of the lamp if we cover it with something. And and so he says, no, you don't put it under the basket. Instead, what's the opposite? You don't hide it. You put it up for everyone to see. Why? So it gives light to all those who are in the house. And then he makes a statement. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We shine." Not for our glory, but so that it makes people look to the Father. What do you mean, Todd? Make no mistake, friends. When you stand out from the crowd, people start asking one question why? Why? Now all of a sudden, you stand out from the crowd, not just because you know, you're naked in a, in a room full of clothed people, right? Something ridiculous, but because you your good deeds. Because you're unselfish, because you forgive radically, because you love like God, because love is patient, love is kind, love keeps no record of wrongs, because you forgive the unforgivable and you love the unlovable, all of a sudden people start going, what is different about you? It might start with what's wrong with you, and then it starts with what's different about you, and then it goes to, how can I have that? You don't think that's true? You don't think that's true? That's 100% true. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. When I wasn't a believer, even before I was saved, and it was years later. I've told this story. Her name was Stephanie. One lady in particular, and I should reach out and tell her this. She was a Christian to me. Not because she was mean, because there were Christians that did the opposite, right? There, there were Christians. There was one girl who told me that because I said jerk a lot as a joke, that I was going to hell. I'm not even kidding you. Did you know? The, or I said, you fool. And they're like, did you know the Bible says, remember Jesus said, he who says someone is a fool, you know, is essentially going to hell. And I remember going, well, I'm, I'm done for. i said that 10 times today. No, it was her love and her kindness and her patience and treating me like I was as good as anyone else. And it made me question why. We are to live differently and to stand out. We are to shine so brightly that everyone in the house in life sees it So it makes people, well, why do we do that? So it makes people question and points people back to the answer. God, Jesus. And here's the thing, and this is what I said earlier and why I just, I can't, oh, long-term Christians, you make me so mad because you know everything. And it just makes me want to rip your Christian earmuffs off and burn them so you can never put them back on, right? Because that's a good work. Anyway, it's very black and white. This is very black and white. You are salt or you're not. Some of you all want to be that salt substitute. You ever get that? I actually like that better because it's a little less salty. You feel good about yourself because it's not as bad for you. It's probably worse it's made of some random chemical. I don't know. Right? I'm a salt substitute, so no one's going to notice. Yeah, they will. You can't hide salt. You're either salt or you're not. You can't be salt part of the time. There's nothing that's salt sometimes and sugar the rest of the time. We're either a city on a hill or we're a hidden city. We're either a lamp on a lampstand or we're a lamp under a basket. Or we're a lamp, not on a lampstand, ridiculously sitting on the floor. or the one that should scare some of you the most because I know it to be true. Statistics tell me that. The Bible tells me that. You're not a lamp at all. And you think you are because you spend time in the lamp store. You've gotten really good at it, right? No one notices because the people around you are so bright. There'll come a time when the lamps will be separated from the non-lamps. The sheep and the goats, the wheat and the tares, it all makes sense. You can't hide forever. No matter how close you are to the light, you are either light or you're not. You're salt or you're not. We either light houses. You get that? I love that. Play on word. Light them up. No, Jenny, it's good. Light houses. She gave me this. <laughs> I got to quit saying people's names. I haven't done it in a while. You remember that? I've really worked on it. And then I blew it all today. We either light houses or we hide our light. And that's assuming we have any light. Because here's the reality. Without the light of the world in you, without a relationship with Jesus, you have no light. You have flickers of it. You're like a flashlight. Some of you, some of you are fooled by the fact that, that, well, I have some light. I'm a good person. No, you, you're a flashlight. Flick, flick, flick. When you want to see, when you, wanna, when you want light, you turn it on, but most of the time it's off. Don't want to waste your battery. Don't want to waste your time. Don't want to not have what you want, right? You know, guys, I was thinking just now, kind of pondering guys, you know, a lot of Christian guys. I went to a Christian college, whatever that means, and uh, a lot of guys, man, it's funny. Their light turned off when they're in a room with a girl. Isn't that funny? Light turns off when you're in a room with a girl. Did you know that? Did you know you're either on a lampstand or you're not? Well, yeah, we talk about Jesus together, right? But right now, I don't want anyone to see, so let me put it on the ground. Let me cover it with a basket. Why? Jesus says it. People are ashamed of what happens in the dark. They don't like the light in those moments. So guys, let me ask you. Hmm? You a flashlight? You a covered lamp when it's convenient? Ladies, it's the same with you. Listen, I tell guys all the time, I'm about about to break your illusion. There's ladies out there that are just... uh, Forgive my language, because you don't like predatory as men, right? You get a The same thing. Well, he's supposed to lead. Mm, he is, right? Well, he's not your husband, first of all. And secondly, uh, man, you're supposed to have your own light here. That's not to shame us, right? Grace and mercy are real. And if you and that's that's we're going to talk about the different kind of lights like you can be a lamp that's covered with a basket. You got the light, but but you're not on a lampstand. What kind of lamp are you? So we're going to talk about today briefly. It's going to be a what kind of lamp are you? Number one, are you a covered lamp? Those supposed to have quotation marks. guys, Covered lamp. Are you a covered lamp? What's a covered lamp? It's a fearful person. It's an ashamed person. Not fearful. It's an embarrassed, ashamed, secret Christian. I'll give you an example that haunts me, and it's going to seem so stupid. Even when we were, we had started this church, okay. And I, I think it took me a long time to, to. It's probably why I didn't want to be called a pastor because I think I intrinsically knew that came with like responsibility. So I used to tell people, <laughs> we have a. I have an old bulletin in here. This is so. Like hipster. You ready for this? And, it, and instead of pastor, we were all called leaders. And I'd be like, hey, man, I'm not a pastor. I'm just a leader of preaching and outreach. How embarrassing is that looking back? Because, uh, you know, pastor isn't really a title. It's a gift. You know, I was that kid. Anyway, even when I started this church, I went to get my hair cut. And they were talking, you know, and, and it wasn't anything inappropriate. But people share, right? I had this gift I used to have. I don't think I have it as much anymore. People used to share with me. I don't know why. And they would start talking to me and sharing with me. And all of a sudden, this lady, this older lady that was cutting hair down the other side, who I had talked with about this before, that, you know, I started this church and I'm part of this, she said, yelled down about, hey, how's your church doing? And in that moment, you know, first of all, everyone gets awkward. I'm just telling you right now. They get awkward. And then, and this is shameful, and I'm telling you because anyone is capable. So then they start talking, and I, I kind of spun it. And I remember in the moment, as soon as it happened, the, the conviction I felt when I, in that exact moment. But I essentially kind of implied, well, you know, not really a church. It's more of a nonprofit. Oh, your eyes get really big, huh? Oh, everybody's like, well, you better not have done that in your life if you're going to me. All right? I embarrass myself here by telling you this so that you recognize the ways that you can do this. Those moments, and every one of you had it, even pastors can have it at times, that moment when you recognize, it's not even necessarily you want to do anything shady, you're just like, hey, people are talking to me normal, and when I tell them this, they're going to act differently. And then I've heard a lot of Christians say, well, I don't really talk to it because you know, I'm ministering when I don't tell them that because then they share their life. I'm like, come on, man, tell the truth. You're afraid, you're ashamed, and you're embarrassed. And whether I want to admit it or not, in that moment, the verse came to my mind. If you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. A covered lamp, I'm telling you right now. I'm not talking to remnant folk, okay? That means people are members here. The rest of you, I don't know you well enough, but I'm going to tell you to your face. I know some of your covered lamps. And you justify it because you're the hipster Christian. You're cool, man. You're in the world, but not of it. Quit lying to yourself. You're just saying that so that you can justify putting a basket on. You're justifying that you don't want to stand out. You don't, want to be, you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to be ashamed. And that may offend you, but you're a secret Christian. Are you saved? I have to assume if you've got light, you're saved, but man. really sad because not only are you ashamed of Jesus but you're not bringing light to the room and there's people that are headed to death because you're too afraid to shine bright you're too ashamed to be different now I feel like I got to brag on all the times I didn't do that because some of you, like, oh, I, I love the audible <sighs> <laughs> that's good, number two are you a floor lamp that's what I call it, right could have put college kid lamp, because I'm not kidding. My lamp was on the ground, right? It also had, I don't know if you, I don't know why this is, but lampshades inevitably always break. And and somehow, I, for some reason, I kept it on there still. So, like, it's tipped to the side, right? And, in fact, in my apartment up until, you know, two years ago, I had this one lamp. Jack, is he talking about? We have this one broken lamp that has traveled throughout time with me, and I don't know why I kept it, because the lampshade is literally and I would literally just kind of stick it up and let it fall, and it just was my little friend, and I I still have that lamp. Why? I don't know. Anyway, why are we talking about lamps? Oh, yeah, floor lamp. Let me tell you what you are if you're a floor lamp, and I said this earlier. There's a difference between ashamed and embarrassed, and I I said the word, but I didn't mean it earlier. Covered lamp, you're ashamed, you're you're a secret Christian. If you're a floor lamp, you're a fearful Christian. You're a fearful Christian. It's not necessarily you're ashamed of Jesus, But you don't want the trouble that comes with being associated with him. Especially in today's world. See, the world is becoming more hostile to Jesus. That's a a, uh, direct correlation with this cancel culture that we have. Because you see, Jesus does that. Jesus tells you you're wrong. He tells you you're a sinner. He tells you you're not good enough. He tells you you've made mistakes. He tells you that what you want isn't the most important thing in the world. And this world, when that happens, says, "Ah, I don't like the sound of that, so I'm going to cancel you. Let me tell you what canceling is. I said it last week. They're trying to kill you. They just can't do it yet. If I can erase you from existence, I would. You don't want that. Kids at school, you're a great example of that. Back row, you're a bunch of floor lamps. When you're at church, you say all the right things, right? But when you're, at, when you're at school, it's a whole different matter. Take it from a kid that knew you went to church. You guys were a joke to me. You looked down on me, but at least I was real. You were no different than me, except you got to look down on me sometimes when you felt like it. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're old enough to understand this message, then this applies to you. Floor lamps, right? I don't pay attention during messages because that's not cool. They're fearful Christians. That happens at work. You ready? Well, I can't talk about the gospel at work. It's not allowed. Oh. It's not allowed. Man, I wish I could, like, see, like, a virtual hands, the people in the room, that you know that's you. And you justify it. Why? Because they told me I couldn't. But, man, when they're talking about that uh, that video... That vulgar joke, boy, you're right on in. Did you know that's not allowed either? But you jump on in that, don't you? It's Because you're a floor lamp, you're afraid. And once again, you are choosing yourself over the people in the room that need the light. And a lot of times what we do when you're a covered lamp and you're a floor lamp is you feel okay about yourself because when you come on Sunday, well, now I can go back on my lamp stand. Why? To give light to all the other light? We come together so that we're healthy and strong enough to take the light to them. This isn't existing for you to have a party. Well, Todd, the church is for me. You're absolutely right. We minister to each other. Why do we minister to each other, though? We have a mission. And we have to take that seriously, and a lot of times we don't. Fearful Christians don't want to draw attention to themselves, and I get it. I get it. I just told you. I get it, but you can't do that. That's not the option, remember? You want to be the light of the world, you can't be on the ground. You can't be covered with a basket. I love when I hear this, oh, yeah, man, You know I go to church all the time, but you haven't Let's just be real. You haven't prayed the prayer, well, why do I have to say it? That's exactly why you have to say it, because you're questioning why you have to say it. You go out for prayer, you come up here and and praise God. I hope we're on a journey, but some of you have been on a journey for a real long time. At a certain point, the rubber meets the road. You're either with him or you're not. That's reality. That's not popular, though, is it? see, our job as a light is not not to tell people and make them feel comfortable. It's to point out the danger and to point them to Jesus. Because without the light, without the message, without the light of the world, without Jesus Christ, they are doomed to darkness, right? Jesus says this all the time. They will be thrown out into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Are you a floor lamp? Are you even willing to admit that? You know, the Christian journey is not a journey of pretending that we're all lamps on the lampstand, we're all perfect all the time. That's a joke. And some of you need to wake up to that. Being a disciple is a constant journey of recorrection. We get off top, we gotta follow him again, right? We gotta get that's just how it is. A disciple. And whether or not he or she is genuine and authentic has nothing to do with, some, with whether or not sometimes they stumble off the path, they do the wrong thing or even sin. It's how they respond to that. And make no mistake, yes, somebody that just keeps on going down the road, right, that keeps on willfully choosing not to follow, they're in trouble. But are they really any different from the person that's unwilling to walk and follow him because then they would have to admit that they weren't for a time? That makes sense or is that too much for you? Some people in this room, you don't want to recorrect, because then you'd have to admit you went off the road. Floor lamp. covered lamp. Which are you? Here's the one that's really scary. Are you a bulbless lamp? I also had one of these. <laughs> I don't know why I had kept it. It was a lamp with no bulb. Grant's laughing. he probably knows it. right? This lamp had no bulb, and I took it with me everywhere. I don't know why. I kept telling myself, "Someday I'll put a bulb in it, right? <laughs> I didn't. Listen. There are bulbless lamps in this room, and that's very, very dangerous because here's the the thing. You ready? You don't have any light, and you justify it. Again, I said it earlier. You are, you have no light. You're fooled because all humanity, in my opinion, you ready for this? Here's another light analogy. All humanity is created in the image of God, yes? Even those who don't believe, so they're flashlights. Sometimes they shed a little light because they're made in the image of their father. They do good things, but they're never on all the time, and they definitely don't light up rooms. The light's just there when they want it to be. Look at me, everyone. Look how bright I can be. It's not the... He doesn't say a flashlight, which they didn't have him. known, but he knew what he meant. They could have, he could have said a hooded lantern. <laughs> you know what that is? Read a book, right? It's like a prehistoric flashlight. You could aim the light. Anyway, that sounds so mean, read a book, but I mean it more like, hey, read a book. <laughs> Emma goes, that is mean. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I didn't mean you're dumb. I just mean like, hey, it's a joke. No life. <laughs> Today's been a day for me. full by being a flashlight. Guys, listen. This is, this is one of the saddest things to me, and I've talked about it. in the book of Matthew. It tells us this. Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do these miraculous things in your name? Look what I did for you. And he's going to go, depart from me. I never knew you. There's counterfeit miracles. Good deeds. There's light that flashes on and off. It's not enough. Well, I've been a Christian my whole life because I was baptized when I was five. When I was two. I was raised in a Christian home. I've went to church. I know the Bible, so does Satan. I'm not saying you're Satan, but I'm trying to, to get you to understand that your knowledge of the rules and the regulations and the words on the page don't save you. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, the reason light matters is because the way you live your life is an indicator of whether or not you were indwelled, right? You are filled, sealed with the Holy Spirit, that you are one of His. That you, were are all bulbless lamps until we take Jesus' bulb, right, and put it in there. So many people, my biggest fear is people in this church, their whole life go on and on and on, and they even do awesome things, and they fool me because I like them. And someday, Lord forbid, and they stand before Jesus, and he says, I don't know you. That's a fear for myself sometimes. What's the proof in your life? Are you a flashlight? You turn it on on Sundays? What about Mondays? What about in the dark room with the girl, with the guy? What about when the computer's on and no one's around? What about at work? Are you just like the crowd or do you stand out? Listen, I worked in factories. I know how hard it is not to get sucked into that culture. Construction, all of that. By the way, ladies, I know how you all get when you're together too, right? It ain't all clean and pure and pretty. I worked in a bank. Sometimes I was like horrified by what I heard. We all get sucked into that culture. Sometimes we don't want to be salt because everyone treats us different. We don't have friends. Better not to have friends and be saved. Be light, or better yet, lead them to the light. Bulbless lamp. Are you a bulbless lamp? Do you know Jesus or do you know of him? I always say that. Sometimes, you know, people... The most dangerous person to preach to is not the unbeliever. It's the person who knows just enough to be dangerous. They think their knowledge saves them. It doesn't. There still comes a moment when you have to decide, is he Lord or is he not? Oh, he's Savior. Everybody's cool with with a guy who dies for your sins, but that's not enough. He has to be Lord of your life. has to show a change. It's not about being perfect, right? It's not about being, being perfect. Sometimes the, the bulb dims a little, you know, sometimes, you know, if it, it's, you ever had a lamp that's like half in the socket, you know, and it kind of goes, tick, 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 tick. it's the sound of light. Tick, 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 tick. Anyway, yeah, you got to play back in. That happens sometimes. And I'm not trying to scare those that are in that position, though you should ask why that is. But if you're in this room and you honest to God, not for Todd, not for your wife, your husband, not for the ministry you serve in for yourself, your eternity, your life, if you can't be assured, man, do I, do I really? my lamp? Do I really know him? Am I known by him? Have I put my faith in him? Well, I haven't prayed the prayer, man, because I don't need to do that. That's such a dangerous thing like, because it's a heart. The older I've gotten, the more I realize why he says confess with your lips. There's something about that. About out loud saying what we say we believe inside. And you know what I think it is? Part of it is, are we willing to be on a lampstand? Are we willing to, be, to say it from the rooftops? Or, number four, what kind of lamp are you? You're the bright lamp on a stand. You are exactly who Jesus called you to be. Now, here's the beauty. We're all this, right? This is who we are meant to be. You know, and in the, in, the, in the context of this, and that's why I read all of it. You know, it's so funny. Jesus sets us up and he says, hey, you're going to be persecuted. And then right after that, he tells us, hey, salt and all these things. And so what's the indication? He goes, listen, you're going to be persecuted. And the temptation is going to be to not be salty, to not be on the lampstand, to not do these things. And he says, you can't do that because if nobody does that with light. Nobody puts a city down in a swamp, right? Nobody does these things. You have to be what you were made to be, which is what? Light of the world. That is a heavy, heavy thing to be told by the God of the universe who spun the stars in the sky and set the sun on fire, right? To be told that you on this earth are the light. A bright light, a lamp, on a stand. Well, Todd, what's that look like? In my opinion, it's a disciple. It's someone who follows Jesus wherever it goes, no matter the cost. It's a kingdom folk, right? That's what we call it here. It's a kingdom person, someone focused on the kingdom. More than they're even focused on what? This, the only way you're, you're going to be able to live a life that's not afraid of following Jesus, not afraid of the consequences, you have to remember this is temporary, that you are not from here, right, that you're from another kingdom. And here's the good news. The king's coming back. And when he comes back, he is coming back. This is all temporary, and we're to declare that the king's coming. And when he comes, it's too late. You are either of the kingdom or you're not. Kingdom folk, let me put it in the words. Some of you young folks, you ready? I've got you. You want that smoke? Get it? You want that? You want that? You, you guys aren't hip enough to know what that is, right? See, I'm ahead I'm of the game. You want that smoke. You want that attention because at the end of the day, that gives you more of an opportunity for a testimony to Jesus. You want to attack me? That's fine. I'm going to show you how I respond to attack. You want to insult me? I'm going to love you back because guess what? I'm going to keep pointing you. I'm going to continue to what? Heap hot coals in your head. I'm going to make you uncomfortable with how different I am so that no matter what you do to me, I'm pointing to him. I point to Jesus. Whether you're 12, 14, 16, 105, it doesn't matter. There's no age requirement, no age limit, no age minimum. You are called to be a lamp on a lampstand. And I will say this again, you know, there's a lot of bad things. There's the See, the flashlights fall, they're not useful, all right? <laughs> Unless it's dark. Here's the thing. Take this, there, there's a lot of negatives to not being raised in the church. I got a lot of junk God's still knocking off me because you know you're raised 18, 19, 20, you know, 18, 17 years, and then a few more before I really got it, and that, that creates habits, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter how long. My point is this though, there's benefits too. And the benefit is I can look at you and tell you specifically the impact that your light has on those who don't have any. Lampstand Christians. When I was the flickering bulb, I was saved, but I didn't I didn't know and I was scared in life they gave me the light to plug back in. They reminded me of who I am, and when I didn't know him, they gave me hope that there was something better. They made me say, what's different? And I look around, man, and I see, I see like, a lot of kids, right? Because that's the thing. That's why these middle schools are giggling back there right now. I'm going to call them out every week because, you know, uh, that's what they do. Like, I guess we'll put them back with the little kids, right? It's, I'm on it today. You guys want to go back to the little kids? Oh, I see you. You're the only ones I see. Hee, he, 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 he. look at my thumb, right? You're like, ten, right? somebody on the camera's like, he's so mean, right? And I said the book thing and now this. And you know that's what they're doing. Look, I can make a bat, right? Are you, you're here for a reason. Are you paying attention or are you looking at your, your, your thumb bat, all right? You should be embarrassed. It's ridiculous. I literally see him go, hoo, 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 it's a person, right? No, pay attention. <laughs> You can be a kingdom person. I'm telling you right now, I remember kids in middle school that were sold out. They made a difference on me. They, they did stand out. And, yes, sometimes they got made fun of. That's fact. But you know what's funny? By the end of high school, and I mean this genuinely, they weren't made fun of anymore, at least in my school, the ones that were really sold out. Yeah, people may have treated them different at times, but they didn't make fun of them because they knew that, what that, that that light was real. And it's funny that, that it continues today in the workplace. It's the same thing. So I want to ask you something today. You know, hey, you're blessed when they insult and persecute you. What a beautiful thing that he reminds us that when we stand out, that's a good thing. When they insult us, when they persecute us, you're blessed. That means you're really with me. And then he, how cool is this? You're in good company because they persecuted the prophets. And see, prophet back then, right, God spoke to them. Jesus knew that when he said prophets, he was talking about, right, the the, the old, the Elijahs and all those people, they, these, these ancient prophets that God spoke to, and you are like them when they persecute you. Of course you are. But that didn't stop the prophets, right? Most of the time. Even when they didn't want to. Why? Because God wanted... What? God wants that no one should perish, but everyone have everlasting life. Light of the world. I often think about, and I, you know, people think I'm corny probably, but I look around this church. We're not a massive church, but it's time to wake up and understand we're not a tiny church either, especially in post-COVID America. Do you understand that? You're not a tiny church, so why do I say that? There comes a responsibility, and I often wonder if a bunch of churches... If this church decided to walk out and be lamps on lampstands, what kind of impact that could have on a city? Just one church. Now, what if there were five, six, ten? What if, what, if, what if 500 people, 500, 1,000, there's that many, were willing to be on lampstands? What could that do? See, because I think that's a big problem in America is we've got a lot of floor lamps and a lot of covered lamps. You're content being in the party. The only time you shine bright is when we're all together and it's safe. She's going to come play some music. I want to ask you a question. What kind of light do you shine? Do you shine any? Be honest. Nobody. Hey, I can't, I can't come down there and catch you. I can't go, ha-ha, you're a, not a Christian. can't do that. I don't know. There are some people, though, in this room that you think you fooled me, and I see the fact that you don't have any light. And I can tell you the gospel every single week, and you just keep saying, well, I'm with the lamp, so I must be one. Do you shine the kind of light that helps those in the darkness? Do you brighten the entire house, or are you ashamed of the gospel? Be honest. Are you ashamed? Because here's the thing. How about I change the words? You're not just ashamed of the gospel, you're ashamed of Jesus. You know, whether you're the 50-year-old in work who conforms to the culture, or you're the middle schooler in the back that says, look at my thumb, at the end of the day, when you're unwilling to do that, to shine bright, when you're unwilling to be different, it's all the same. Do you want to start pointing people to God for real? Are you content to let them to continue to stumble in the darkness until they eventually die there? Because here's the thing, man. Yeah, when Jesus said this, people don't like the light when they're doing dark things. It exposes, Jesus said that, but here's the thing. You know when they do like light? When it's scary. When you're in unknown territory. We're in a very, very dark time in our world. I'm just going to be real with you. The pandemic had changed a lot of things, and I truly believe this. I believe that maybe in America more than ever, the harvest is ripe. That people are looking for light because they recognize that this the flashlights they have don't last. They're looking for someone to tell them the truth, the way. Are you content to let them to continue to stumble in the darkness until they eventually die there? You know, what's funny is Think about the people that want to cancel you, persecute you. We just use our language, right? They want to extinguish the light. Whether they know it or not, who are they working for? Are they working for the father of lights? No. No. They're working for the father of lies, of darkness. He doesn't want you shining. He doesn't want you revealing the truth. He doesn't want you revealing the the pitfalls and the danger in the room. He doesn't want you pointing to Jesus. He doesn't want that. So I'll scare you. I can't get you, but I'll scare you. I'll make you ashamed. And if I can get him to do that, then maybe I can't, you know, I can't turn. I can't take the bulb out. Jesus made that, but I can make him put a a basket on it. And if I can't do that, I'll at least get him to sit on the floor. Anything I can do to make it a little darker in here so that I can get some people still lost in the dark. of lamp are you, really? This parable tells us that. Listen, guys, I don't want to be insulted. I don't want to be persecuted. I don't. Everyone thinks I want that smoke all the time. I don't. Right? <laughs> Hip, huh? I don't want it all the time. But one thing I've, I've come to realize about my role, and I believe this church is well. and honestly, we're not the only one. There's churches across America that are tired of it, and we're going to start standing for truth. I hear churches all the time, eh, revival, revival, and like as though God is going to somehow do all the work for us. No, we got to be lamps. You want revival? Do what he told you to do. Be what he made you to be. That will lead to revival, not some crazy mystical thing where he's like, it's fine. You guys stay on the ground. I got this. He already gave us the reason and the way to bring about revival, and it's you. It's not going to happen with a bunch of covered lamps. It's not going to happen with a bunch of floor lamps. It's going to happen when God's people stand on lampstands and say, this is what I am and whose I am, and let me show you the way. That's it. What kind of lamp are you really? Some of you in here, you're the bulbless lamps. Reality check. Doesn't matter how close you are to the light. Doesn't matter that you, you you hang with lamps. Doesn't matter. Because one by one, we will be taken before the light of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we will be judged on one simple thing. You either are or you're not. You either have a pulp, you know him, he knows you, you you have life in him, or you don't. That's it. Church won't save you. I can't save you. Mommy can't save you. Daddy can't save you your wife, your husband, and even your little bright flashes of life in the flashlight isn't enough to save you. And that's a beautiful thing, really, because at the end of the day, man, sometimes I just, I cover myself. Sometimes I still act like I'm living in the dark. The gospel's really simple. Jesus, it's simple, but it's gonna cost you your life. That's what I, I read this recently in a Bible, It's powerful. It's a simple thing. But it's going to cost you your life. You mean I'm going to die? Yeah, in a way. Everybody dies, right? Braveheart, not everyone really lives. Here's the thing. This is the gospel. God created everything in this world. He created us to be relations, relationship with Him, and He said there's one rule. You ready? One rule, and you don't follow it. I'm God. You're not. I tell you what right and wrong is. You don't determine that. That's, it. that's what it was and he, that's what he said let me be God and you can enjoy all this I'll, come to me and I'll tell you what right and wrong. no I will decide that's what the tree was we rejected his sovereignty we rejected his power him being Lord we tried to set ourselves on it what a joke and in that moment we were separated because we were infected with a disease because being separated from the creator the creation began to die immediately it's like a limb chopped off a tree We're separated from him. Sin is both the things we do that aren't good, our dark acts, but it's also a condition. It's the disease that shows itself in the symptoms. And that's why no matter how many flashes of light, you know you can't fix yourself. No matter how many times Oprah tells you to do this and no matter how many times someone gives you advice and how many self-help books, right, self-help books you read, at the end of the day, you just can't fix yourself. And listen, there's no issue with that. That's great to learn, but it can't save you. How many books have you read this year trying to find a way to fix you? And so we scramble around and we distract ourselves, right? Distract ourselves with TV and money and status and cars and sex and bodies and computers and thumb bats and all of these other things we do to try what? To try to distract ourselves from what we know to be true that this life is far shorter than we want to admit. And we can't fix ourselves. The beauty is is that Over these years, and we see what happens when a world runs from its creator, we have a mess on our hands. But he's still in control, have no doubt. And God, when we couldn't come back to him, he came to us. When we couldn't fix ourselves, he came down to fix us. And that's what he did. He invaded this earth in the form of man, Jesus Christ. He existed. Jesus of Nazareth existed. Don't be silly. And he didn't say he was a good teacher. And he didn't say he was... Buddha and he didn't say he was anything else except one thing right he is the light of the world he is the son of God he is the Messiah the savior he is the one we've been waiting for to take us home to fix us to heal us and so Jesus taught us how to live and he performed miracles to prove who he was and then he did the most miraculous thing of all he died on a cross for all the dark acts that you and I committed he died the light of the world extinguished himself for us And on the third day, he rose from the dead. Fact. Over 500 people saw that and witnessed it. Some of you don't believe that, but you believe George Washington sailed across a river because a picture book told you so. And so we, we were given this incredible thing. Jesus died and overcame death so that we... Don't ever have to die, really. That We can have eternal life. And so you today, even though you can't fix yourself, you can be relit. You can have a bulb. You can have life. Maybe for the first time, even if you've been in church, today could be the day. So what do you do? The Bible says very simply what to do. You confess with your lips. You say it. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead. If you do that, you will be saved. But that means in order to admit that, to confess these words, you have to admit you're not. That you've made mistakes you failed. Now here's what happens. Every time I give this a few minutes, the people in the room that the that the Holy Spirit's speaking to and I know because I was one of you. And you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, yeah, I should. And as soon as the lights go off, you're going to consider it for a few moments. And then you're going to start thinking about this. People are going to see me. Oh, that's embarrassing. Hey, uh, I'll do it next week. Hey, uh, maybe I'll do it on my own. Hey, maybe I'll just think it, right? Hey, well, what if people, you know, I've been going to this church for five years. Now people are going to know that they're going to think I'm not saved. All these things. Well, I'll just go to the altar and I'll do it privately, right? I'm not talking about when you pray for yourself. I'm talking about people that don't know him. confess with your lips and believe in your heart. The temptation will be to sit there and continue to do what you've done every single day for your life until this moment, and that's to choose darkness because going to the light's uncomfortable. That's the beauty though. Is He already knows what you've done in the dark. He wants you to come in the light, not to shame you, but to heal you and tell you He loves you and to light you up so you never again have to walk in darkness. You don't have to live the same way you've lived your entire life. Man. Or maybe you're one of the people, you're a believer, but you're a covered lamp. You're on the floor. This is a moment for you to respond to God in whatever way he's calling you to respond. But I encourage you. Listen. I'll throw a podium. If God's calling you to respond, who's Lord and who's not? Whatever you do, make this time count. Don't leave the same as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to.